You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Today in Sports. Yes, I know, once again, I am not the great Devin Ellington. However, I'm back for another episode, and I'm joined by a special guest this time, the one and only. And no, I've been practicing this, and I still might get this wrong. <laughs> one of our, one of uh, my, my co-workers here over at hoop-ball.com, Eric Armanian. Arzamanian. Arzamanian. You, you butchered it this time even worse than you did before the See, show. See, hey, every time <laughs> I hit play when the lights are on, I, I guess I kind of tend to fade. You know what I mean? Just when it comes to the, like something brand new, I'm, I'm one of those people that need practice. No, I think everybody's like that, no? Yeah, I mean, I mean, except for Allen Iverson. Practice? <laughs> we talking about practice? Eric, what's going on, man? I heard that we, we talked about this off air. And for those who don't know, because, I mean, they've never heard you before, because this is your very first time ever on a podcast. I'm glad you it's know, with I me. I wasn't going to say it. I was going to act like I was a seasoned vet. But now that you said it, yeah, it's my first podcast. Nah, we're going we're gonna to open up the curtain <laughs> and let him take a peek behind there. You know what I mean? Eric, first time on a podcast. Great hoop baller over here. And you and I have got a big show planned for today. You know, a lot of the times when we come on here, guys, we're talking about college basketball, college football, and Devin's great with that type of stuff, as well as with the NFL lines. And when basketball kicks uh, tips off here, we're going to be talking a lot about that. But Eric... You and I have something very big in common, and that is that we love fights, and specifically in the UFC. And tonight, we are going to be breaking down UFC 256, the final pay-per-view fight of the year. And man, I think we got a lot of fights to cover. Yeah, this is one of my favorite cards of the year, both as like a spectator and from a betting perspective, too. I see a lot of lines that I like. Yeah, for sure. It sucks that it got kind of broken down. You know, like there was a lot of talk between having uh, 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 Kamara Usman fighting on this card. There were also yeah. rumblings of having uh, a, maybe a Conor McGregor here. And I think they pushed him to the like March or February of next year, which I'm excited about. There was just so many names that popped up here. And I was actually really worried about this card. So I'm actually pretty happy with the names that they have put for us here at UFC 256. And, you know, let, let, let's go ahead and start it off with our very first fight that we're going to cover here. And that's Peter Barrett going up against, I think, a fan favorite here and a lot of, <laughs> a person that a lot of people want to see win, which is Chase Hooper. What are your thoughts on this fight? So, I mean, as far as this fight, obviously the guy everybody's looking at and the guy everybody knows is Chase Hooper. Uh, he's, in my opinion, he's a little one-dimensional. Uh, he's His jiu-jitsu is great, but uh, the one thing that kind he kind of got exposed on last fight against uh, Alex Caceres was his striking. Uh, it's not the best, but from what I see, I don't think Peter Barrett's going to have what it takes to, you know, expose those weaknesses because... Chase Hooper, uh, as good as he is on the ground, if you can keep him from getting there, you can kind of expose that. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think Chase Hooper should be the favorite. As of right now, mybookie.ag, the sponsor of this show here, uh, has him as a minus 340, and that and that's understandable. I mean, Hooper, I, I feel not only does he have the experience, I feel like he's just more explosive on the ground as well. Like you said, his jiu-jitsu is ridiculous. I think Peter Barrett, though, if... This is a dog and out fight. If you're not in the dog, if you're not betting on the underdog, you're not really trying to bet on the money line here for this fight. However, I think, I think Peter Barrett has, I think he has better stand-up game. I think he throws better punches in the clinch. 
And as long as he is not on his back, his ground game is actually really strong. And that's why I like him. Just that plus 60, 265, as well as, like, I feel the UFC wants to build something in Chase Hooper. You know, the whole storyline of calling him uh, Ben Askren's son and that hmm. thing that was going on on ESPN with Ariel. I think that's hilarious. I feel like there's a big storyline and a cloud that follows Chase Hooper, and they want to just keep on growing it. So I don't think I take the money line here. But the question I have for you on what you think should happen is do you bet under two and a half rounds, meaning that the fight's going to be closed out before he hits that final round, or do you think it makes it to that third and final round? Honestly, um, I mean, from what I'm looking at, I see under two and a half at minus 180. I definitely don't take that. Like, Not that I don't think it's going to go under, but Peter Barrett is a tough guy like that. If there's one thing you got to give to him, like he's not going to give up easy. He's going to keep going until the end. So that plus 150 seems kind of uh, kind of a little low for the over two and a half. So if anything, I would go on the over two and a half. But as far as the money line, I'd agree with you. I would, I would not take Chase Hooper at minus 340. I think he'll win the fight, but not at those, not at that price. Yeah, it's not worth, uh, it's not worth throwing yeah. that money out there. Yeah. But as far as over under, I would definitely go over personally. I wouldn't trust like Chase Hooper could definitely take him down, get him in a triangle, get him in an arm bar or something. But I wouldn't risk it at minus one eighty. That's too high for me. Yeah, that cr- it all depends on who who gets on top once once they hit the ground. This ground, th- this fight right here, isn't going to be one of those stand and bang and fight like you said when he when he went up against Bruce Leroy in his last fight, Chase Hooper. He tried to be a boxer. I think he tried to show more of his game, and that's why he lost against his, uh Casare. I just like calling him Bruce Re- Bruce Leroy. That's <laughs> that's why that's like one of the best nicknames you can have in the UFC. Uh, but he tried to show his hands there, and it just didn't work out for him. However, if he does get to the ground, whether it's off of his back or on top, just Chase is so creative, and he's so long, so he can get you in multiple different ways. But like you said, Peter is very, very strong, and he also can take a punch. He's willing to sit uh, sit in those beatings. I, I, I also view Peter as one of those guys that will just hang on blackout before i tap out type of character you know what i mean like he yeah definitely he's one of those guys that wants to prove that he deserves to be in there so i agree with you if there was a bet to be had on this fight i just think this fight is very interesting that's why we started talking about it right off the get if there was a bet to be had on this fight i'm definitely going with that over two and a half rounds at plus 150 i think there's money to be made there i do think it goes to that third round however there is a prop bet that it does not go to decision and i would take that bet as well yeah. Oh, what are the odds at on that? I'm trying to pull it up right now, but my computer is not <laughs> letting me get to it. Last I checked, though, that it that it goes uh, doesn't go to decision. I think it was like plus one sixty, something like that. Yeah, it's not bad. There's about there's definitely value in that. Yeah. Also, if there was a round that's gonna be one at plus eleven hundred, another one to bet plus eleven hundred, Peter Barrett wins round one. And, just, and that's not necessarily winning the fight in round one. Just Peter Barrett wins round one. And you can bet all the rounds. And that that's also a bet. Uh, but that's only live. So you have to bet that live. If you do it now that they're winning round one, that means that you're actually thinking they're going to win the fight. And I've learned that the hard way. But they do do live betting. It's, it's fairly new and can be kind of confusing. But for those that are looking for it, you can actually bet round by round what you so think someone's going to get. It's, like, it's, it's very confusing. They go off points and they, again, it's, it's so weird. They go off the odds of the point card. So, so it's not, it's not based off judges judging. It's not based off the judges scorecards. It technically is though. Like that's the thing. Like that's what makes it's pretty new. You can bet live on the rounds and I'm guessing I've never, to be honest, I don't fully understand it. And I got gypped out of it one time, but then another because I said that someone was going to win just round one in general. And it said that, no, he actually had to win the entire fight. But then there was another time, and I think it was Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje, where I said Gaethje was going to win just round one, and I won on that one. So to understand that, I really don't know, but I do know that you can actually bet on something like that. So that's just something to like keep your eyes on, keep your ears open to. But yeah, it's it's... That's pretty confusing. I can't really explain it to you, but I do know that that's a possibility. And if there's a there's a round that Peter's going to win, and if he wants to win this fight, it's going to be round one. Yeah, nowadays, if they can put odds on something, they're going to put odds on it. They're going to have people bet on it. They, they are getting creative with the way they're doing this thing now. 
definitely. So let's go ahead and move on to the next fight here. And this one, we're going to kind of go with the old man, Cub Swanson, going up against Daniel Pineda. This fight intrigues me. I yeah. love the underdog in this fight with Cub Swanson. Veteran, has something to prove here. I feel like the last couple fights he's been in, it's just been against top jujitsu guys, guys that he, he – and he was actually looking good in his previous fight before he took that uh, submission loss. So for me, at plus 135, I'm taking Cub Swanson over Daniel Pineda. What about you? I was honestly thinking the opposite. Like, Wow. I love Cub. He's, I mean, obviously he's been in the UFC a long time. He's found some great fights, but Pineda's been looking good recently. Like, he's got the experience too, so he's not like, you know, it's not like he's a rookie or anything, but he's Mm. back in the UFC, and I feel like motivation-wise, Pineda's got the edge just because he just got back into the UFC after a long stint outside of the UFC, so he's trying to prove something. A lot of people, he was like a plus 250 underdog against Herbert Burns, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. He won that fight. So he's got something to prove, and I I'll, I know like two out of the last three fights ended up getting uh, called a no contest due to like uh, TRT or something testosterone related. But he's been looking good. Like he looked good against Herbert Burns. He did he uh, though? His, did he though? His, I mean, I mean, he. What, what do you think? I just. What, th- what do you think? The, about I, that fight? I I watched that fight again just because I was like, man. Every time I think of Pineda, I I don't really think of anything like spectacular. I mean. The last time we really saw him before that fight against uh, Burns was in 2014, right? Rob Whiteford, and he lost that fight as well. In that fight against Burns, he was getting pieced up. Like, if we're being honest, he was not winning that fight, and he just stuck it out and was able to 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 get it there in that second round. I think there was a slip or something like that, right? That's how he I got it. Say, I thought it did, he won the first round I was watching it the other day. He... Because what happened is he landed a couple of good shots. He took a couple on the feet, and then it went to the ground, and he ended up getting a dominant position. And he did some damage from the top hmm. against the guy in Herbert Burns, who is you know his his he may not be like uh, the mixed martial artist's brothers, but his jujitsu is up there. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I could have swore I just watched that. They just posted it on YouTube, and it was. He wasn't looking good in that fight from wh- how I was seeing it. Mm-hmm. And, it and Cub, Cub Swanson, I said he was coming off that loss because I was thinking of the Shane Burroughs. He actually beat Kron Gracie in the, and while he was actually showing his hands. So I feel like if you're looking at this fight, you're going to say Cub definitely has the advantage on the stand-up game. He's going to need to use his, utilize his boxing. That's where he's going to find the win there. He does get tend to gas out, and I feel like if he's going to win, it's going to be in either round one or early round two. If it goes past the halfway point of round two, I really don't know what Cub Swanson we're going to see at that point. But Yeah, what, what I'm expecting, because uh, I was actually watching an interview of Daniel Pineda, and he just straight up came out and said, he's like, I'm going to take him down. I'm going to try to take him down. So I think the first round where you, I agree with you, Cub's going to be the most dangerous in the beginning of the fight. I think he's going to take him down, hopefully, I mean, uh, gas him out a little bit. Then if he need, if he wants to, he can stand up later once Cub's already tired. But what I'm banking on is that Daniel gets that early takedown and uh, uses that to his advantage later in the fight. Well, we definitely have a difference here. I, I feel like <laughs> Cub, at plus 135, there's money to be made with Cub. I, obviously, with Pineda, like you said, the, the advantage on the ground is going to be crazy. I, I also feel like the fact that he's coming with a lot of hype behind him, getting that Burns win, he's riding on a nice high. Swanson, that Kron Gracie fight, I mean, it was just Kron couldn't get him down. And if Kron would have got him down, I feel like that you, you would have seen a completely different fight there uh, with Swanson but like I said it's going to be an early round like if you're betting on the underdog here with Cub Swanson it, like I said first round to the middle of the second is going to be your best bet and at plus 135 I like a round and a half of Cub Swanson here but at minus 165 as well Daniel Pineda there's money to be made there so just again we got a coin flip so can't, you can't, can't really go wrong everything exactly exactly <laughs> we have the also again right here over under two and a half rounds the lines are the exact same at minus 115 mm-hmm. so just like how you and i view this as a pick vegas seems to be choo- choosing that they don't really know if it's going to go over or under two and a half rounds here if you were betting your money here which one are you choosing i'd say over personally i think i mean cub is tough like we've seen him in some battles where like the uh choi fight he was he took some damage and he gave out some crazy damage and they just kept on going. That was crazy. 
so, I mean, you know they got heart. They can take a shot. I think it goes over personally. I don't know if I will put a bet on it. I'm not confident enough in that. But I, I, uh, I'm going to lean towards the over. Lean towards the over. I'm leaning toward the over as well. Now, if you had to, there's there's these little prop bets here, right, Eric? There's mm-hmm. Swanson plus five fifty to win by knockout TKO or disqualification, or there's Swanson by decision or or, or sorry, uh, uh, Pineda by knockout TKO or disqualification at plus three fifty. And then the last one that I want to show you is Pineda by submission plus two hundred. If you out of those three, obviously because Pinetta is the favorite. I'm leaning more toward those prop bets. But of those three, which one would you want to bet on? Swanson by knockout, Pinetta by knockout, or Pinetta by submission? You said the submission was plus 200? Yeah, plus 200. Uh, I think I'd go with... Or, or would you not even honest, like, honestly, would you not I, touch I, any I of those? I think he might get the submission, but honestly, I think that plus 350 at knockout might be the juiciest just if he gets some ground and pound off and finishes them. Obviously, it is a plus 350 bet, but I'd say that has the most value. Uh, uh, in a couple of his, la- his last couple of fights, he's had a couple knockouts, and he uh, he's shown some pretty good ground and pound, in my opinion, at least. This is a very interesting one, too. There's an option here, and this is why I think if Swanson wins, it, it's, it's going to be by a knockout or decision because at plus 325... Pineda is a you can bet on that for Pineda to win by decision or technical decision, and mm-hmm. I think the reason for that is because Pineda doesn't get it to decision. It he's all in, he no matter yeah. what he he leaves it all there on the canvas, and that's why I really like this. Fight. I really don't know. I would say it goes to the third round, but I don't know if it makes it to decision. That's what makes this fight so interesting to me, and that's why I'm betting on the underdog there, just because. Pineda doesn't want to go to decision. Swanson's going to do everything he can to stay on his feet. But if it gets to the ground, it could it could be over early. Like that's what makes this fight so confusing to me. With Chase Hooper, I think we kind of know. But with this fight, with Cub Swanson and Pineda, I feel like there's no telling what could really happen there. You know, there's so many different ways because both guys are t- like talented guys. You know, it just depends on who can kind of impose their game plan the best. Honestly, like if. Cub keeps it on the feet and starts striking with them and pieces them up. That's definitely possible. But at the same time, Daniel could put some pressure on him and take him down. So just got to see how it plays out. As we start heading down to the latter half of this card here, and we're going to get down to like our last three or four fights, I want to remind everyone that we do have a wager pass for $9.99 here at hoop-ball.com. You guys can go on there, subscribe to it, so you guys know exactly what we will be betting on this day. So right now, when we're doing this podcast, Eric and I are just going over the card, going over the current lines that, that mybookie.com, uh, mybookie.ag, a sponsor of hoop-ball.com show here, uh, is giving us, and they're giving you. And we're just kind of overviewing it, which way we're kind of leaning currently in this moment. But for $9.99, you guys get a complete look at our full wager pass on what games we are actually putting money on, how we're putting money on them. We do a a three-point system. You know, one point means, you know, just do a little bit. Two means it's a normal bet. Bet what you can. And three means like you're emptying out that entire bankroll on that thing. And we have bets for every single sport. So definitely go on hoop-ball.com. Use promo code HOOPBALL. Get a discount on there. Again, wager pass is only $9.99, guys. You guys spend more than that at a McDonald's. You're probably in a McDonald's drive-thru right now buying a meal for $9.99. Save that money. Put it back in your pocket. Go home. Go on HOOP-BALL.com and sign up for this wager pass so we can make you more money so you can buy more McDonald's. Let's get a McFlurry with that deal, huh, Eric? Let's get him that McFlurry. Let's move on. That McDonald's not making you money. McDonald's ain't making you money. Exactly. That wager pass is. Eric and I are making you money. We're trying to do that for you. But you just got to put $9.99 in. $9.90 in. And we're going to get you those dubs. As we move on down the card here, Eric, Junior Dos Santos versus, I can't even pronounce his last, uh, first name, Cereal? Cereal? I, I think Cereal Ghana. Ghana. Ghana, yeah. I think it's Gain, right? Cereal Gain. Yeah, it is Gain. Yeah, yeah Gain. Uh, so Junior Dos Santos versus Serial Gain. I have no I have no reason why for this, but at plus three twenty five, are they disrespecting JDS? I think I think his chin is the problem. Like he's he's just in his recent fights, he's shown that he like he'll fight a good fight and he'll just get caught with a shot and it'll just change. It'll just go from hot to cold. It's just a completely different fight. He just gets finished. And 
uh, Cyril Gaon is he's he's legit. I mean, he's huge. He's like pure muscle, and he just moves like a middleweight or like a welterweight. It's crazy. I like it's the odds are definitely crazy at minus four twenty five. I think Cyril's got what, what it takes to finish him, but yeah, those odds are crazy. I, I was honestly very surprised when I saw that. Plus three twenty five, Junior. I mean, it's so hard to say the name Junior Dos Santos and not be like, oh, he's gonna probably try, has a good chance of winning. Like you know what I mean? Like I know, yeah. I know he's not the same JDS that we all know from just like three, four years ago, but. I don't know, the power in that man's hands, the ability of what he can do with those leg kicks. I feel like Dos Santos at plus three twenty five is a solid lottery ticket. It's a solid. Let me let me tell you this though, Gain is real. Like he kind of reminds me of like a heavier Dominic Reyes. Is that is that crazy? He just got he's just constantly moving in out in out, and he's fast. Yeah. The way he moves at his size, it's what's crazy. Like there are fighters that move like that at middleweight, sometimes light heavyweight, uh, welterweight, but not at heavyweight. It's rare. Yeah, he's he's very he's very quick. I just think Dos Santos, if he catches him, if yeah, he catches it's heavyweight, him, you know, yeah, it's heavyweight. I mean, you never know. Yeah, that's that's the that's the best part. If you're looking for a lottery ticket, and this is a lottery ticket fight, not only is it a heavyweight fight, so there's power in both people's hands, but under one and a half rounds, over one and a half rounds, like that's that's the bet here. So, yeah, I, I was looking at that too. I have under at plus one twenty five. I think that's a solid bet. You think it's over in round one? Oh, uh, very high possibility. Like both guys. I mean, like I said, it's heavyweight. Both guys have some power in their hands. Uh, Dos Santos's chin isn't what it's what it used to be. So if he gets caught with a good shot, he can it can be over quick. But at plus, I feel like it should be max at like a pick him. It's at a plus one twenty five. There's some value there. It just depends on how you're looking at him, right? Like let's just go over Dos Santos's last four fights, okay? So you go back to 2019. He fights Francis Ngannou in the main event at, uh, on UFC ESPN, and he's knocked out in the first minute and eleven seconds. Right, that's Francis Ngannou, fast, future champion in this division. Right, his next fight, he goes and he knocks out what arguably one of the top contenders behind to face Ngannou for a championship soon, Derek Lewis, and he knocks him out with two minutes in the second round. Right, you go to his next fight, then he goes against Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades knocks him out in the second round and he, and he, again he he loses in a knockout to uh Rosenstrout in the second round with, with 4 minutes in the round right i feel like he lasts i think you take the over here i don't think he's going to be gone round 1 i really don't yeah because the thing uh, and Junior Dos Santos he's a smart fighter he's not going to come in swinging like throwing a hail mary so that's definitely definitely a possibility where the first round ends up being more of a feel out round and they don't throw too many fight enders mm-hmm. that's also a very good possibility uh but junior the thing with junior like he'll come out he'll look good it's just uh, the chin holding up that's the only worry i have about him right. but he like as far as fighting he fights great he fights all like almost as good as he did three four years ago it's just taking the shots that's the only thing i'm worried about him yeah that rosenstraw fight i think if you watch that one and you think that if you thought he looked good in that fight before he got caught then you think i think you you in your mind you think he's gonna look good in this fight the problem is gain six and oh fighter he's coming in ready like he wants to make a name for himself in this open division away from stipe and and francis Ngannou. There's there's a reasonable pathway for for Gain to basically shoe his way in there with three solid wins, right? You go to Santos, you then put him up against uh, Rosenstrout, and then you let if you get those two wins, those are two big names under your belt. I think that gives him a chance for a title shot, and at that point, he's already eight zero as a heavyweight. Yeah, you know, so he has that on his shoulder. He's two fights away from a title fight. And the title fight's still being worked out between Stipe and Ngannou, and I cannot wait for that fight. I cannot. That's arguably my most anticipated fight for 2021. And we can talk about that at the end of the show, but start thinking of your most anticipated fight in 2021 because this is our last pay-per-view of the year. I can't believe we're already at this point. 
So I know. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for that fight. I'm waiting for Francis. Honestly, I'm waiting for Francis to fight anybody. Like, I just want to see that guy fight and knock another guy out. I'll be honest. I was. We'll talk about that in the show. Let's get through this card. Let's get through this card. <laughs> so over under. You're taking the plus one fifteen at the was, under on one and a half yeah. rounds. Correct. I don't. Yeah. I'll, if anything, I would probably personally. I'd take the under. And, and me personally, I say go over. I think. I think Dos Santos. Knows that this guy is going to come out there swinging. I, this is this is my prediction for the fight. Like I'm just going to give you a full breakdown of what I think I'm going to see here. What I see for a Dos Santos win. I'm not saying this is he's going to win. I'm saying if this is how I envision him winning, is he's going to go out there and he's going to manage distance. He's going to jab, overhand hook, and then escape constantly, constantly looking for escape. I think Gan's going to try and go in there and throw in a wild combination, consistently trying to tag Dos Santos, and it's just going to be up to him to be able to counter. He, you're not gonna, I don't think you're going to be able to see a lot of swings from Santos unless he gets that nice overhand. He makes it to round two, and then that's where you see if Gain has the ability to last in those middle of those rounds after taking hits because he's going to get hit, and he's going to get kicked, and that's that's the only way Santos wins is if he can extend the fight. If he wins, it's by decision. I don't think anyone goes or or it's by knockout, not by or, or decision for Santos. It's knockout or decision. I don't think it goes to submission. I don't think you're going to see any of that. I think you're going to see these two guys punching. And that's and like you said, that's probably why you lean more towards Gain here because if it's going to be a punching match, Gain's going to have the advantage all day, right? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, I agree. If if there's uh, as far as money line, if there's a bet to be made, it's definitely Dos Santos at plus three twenty five. Uh, at heavyweight, I feel like the odds in general they shouldn't be this wide. Like especially when you're talking about two high level guys like this, like one shot could change. Like one one shot could finish the fight. So just taking that into account, the odds should not be this wide. That's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like it's yeah. a big name. It's Junior Dos Santos. It's a it's a huge name in the UFC, shown that he can win the big fights, right? And he's at plus three twenty five. I mean, obviously, again, it's a lottery ticket. Everything we just talked about leans more and more people to gain, right? But at minus yeah. four twenty five, are you really taking him there? And at the over un, and the over under being at one and a half rounds, at minus one forty five, that's where I'm going. But I mean, does that really intrigue you? No, I mean. You bet on the underdog here. That's where the money could be made, and you put you put a lottery ticket for a hundred bucks. You win. You can win three hundred twenty-five. Let's just put it. Yeah, deep. yeah. We're talking. We're not talking about what's most likely to happen. We're talking about what bet has the most value in it. Right. Exactly. So keeping that in mind, I'd go. I'd go Dos Santos if you're going money line. Let's move on to the next fight, and these next four fights right here. Well, three and a half fights. Well, the Dern fight I'm not super excited about, but these fights right here, I am super excited for. And let's go off this first one. Kevin Holland facing off against Salza, Ronaldo Salza. Man. Great fight. This is Holland's biggest test. Him talking. He He's getting that hype because of that conversation he had with Israel Adesanya. That's the only reason why there's so much hype behind his name. But Salza is real, and he is very, very dangerous, and I love this fight. What are your thoughts on this fight, Eric? So we saw Holland fight against – I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of quick finishes out of Holland, which I think is going to sway the odds a little bit, which shouldn't necessarily – but the one fight that he's had that I watched recently that kind of sticks out to me is against Darren Stewart. That's kind of the most stylistically, that's probably the most similar fight he's had in the UFC to Jacare. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he won by split decision against a guy who's not even close to Jacare as far as skill level and experience. I know Jacare is like 41 years old, but he does not look like it. Like, look <laughs> at his body, the way he moves, the way he fights. He does not fight like a 41-year-old. Not at all. So... I'm personally uh, I'm personally leaning towards Jacare a little bit, mainly because of that fight. Like, I think Jacare should be able to close the distance. Obviously, if it stays at a like a striking dis- uh, striking range, Kevin Holland's gonna piece him up. Kevin Holland's got uh, quick hands. He's got great movement, but Jacare's got to be able to close that distance. Like it, Jacare is one of the strongest grapplers in the UFC still. Age 41. One of the most dangerous grapplers you can face in the UFC. 
so strong in the clinch, even scarier on the ground. Here's the Dude, he thing. was he was stronger than light heavyweights. Now he's going back down to middleweight. Yeah, it's here's the thing though. His last two fights, Jack Hermanson lost by decision. Jan Blahovich lost by decision, and it's just forty one. That's a that's the that's the number. The odds know it too. The odds you don't know because Kevin Holland has a lot of hype because of conversation. Holland knows how to promote himself. This whole Israel Adesanya talking about I'm gonna see you soon stuff in the ring. That's a lot of hot by his name. Like you said, Holland getting a lot of those little highlights in him, right? Those highlight knockouts, those quick fights. It's good. It's nice to see. All I'm saying is, is like you said. Jacare's scary, man. There's a reason why this is a coin. I'm going to go Holland, though. I think you go with age. I think you go with those head kicks. I think you go with his size. Let me ask you this, though. Do you, do you think as soon as the fight starts, Jacare looks for the takedown no matter what? Like, that's the game plan. You don't stand up at all with Holland. You take him down, and you make him feel your pressure uh, yeah, on the ground. Gonna, he's going to clinch him. He's gonna. I think he's going to put some pressure on him, get him against the fence. Uh, try to put some clinch work in him, get some dirty boxing in, and then eventually go for the takedown. Because you don't want to strike with Holland. Holland's got some good striking. And you saw the way he slept multiple people. Uh, Buckley slept him with one shot. Like, Jacques Ray can strike. It's not, he, he's striking solid for a jujitsu guy like himself, but you don't. he does not want to strike with him. If he strikes, he's most likely losing that fight. This is why I'm also like, I, I'm. This is why I'm scared of Jacare. If you bet Holland, you should be nervous. Like you should not think, oh, you know, age got it because he. I think he's only fought real, really one submission fighter, and that was on the Dominic Reyes Weidman card back on October of 2019, and he got submitted. Those fights after that, striker, kickboxer, uh. You know, Gerald Mercicati, the guy that got knocked out by um, Kamzat. He's yeah, not, I mean, Gerald Mearshart. Yeah, I think it's pronounced he like thinks he's a striker. He's not a real striker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dar- Darren Stewart, again, he's not a real striker. I mean, he, yeah. Holland's he's got just, power. Yeah, he's got, but, definitely got power, yeah. but he's not a real striker. Yeah. Holland is yeah, a true striker, and that was a great fight. That Darren Stewart fight was a great fight. Like, yep. Don't get me wrong. It's just Holland had that size on him, and he was able to get points inside leg, overhand. Like He just had that size on him. With Jacare, the pressure and the fact that he can make – it looks like he can make you not breathe when he's sitting on top of you. You know what I mean? And Boa constrictor. Yeah. You're making me uh, – just talking about it and the fact that you said you're going through it, I'm, I'm going through – I'm going to Jacare too. I would <laughs> wait though. I think the day of, like you said, Eric, I think – Kevin will become a bigger favorite day of fight. Jacques Ray will become a betting underdog. I think you take the betting underdog there, right? Yeah, honestly, honestly, I haven't put the bet yet. I was waiting. I was. I, I think once they start showing some highlights, once they start doing all that, people are going to start pouring money in on Holland. Yeah. Once that happens, hopefully, I can get Jacques Ray. Eh, maybe I like a plus one hundred. Hopefully, I, th- I think I think he goes. This is my personal opinion. I think he goes plus. 120 that's the max That'd be great. i think you get plus 120 and then you'll see holland at like a minus 110 like i think you'll only see him go down a little bit but you'll you the money will be leaning more toward that way but vegas would know that the the scariness of what jacques Ray brings mm-hmm. over under again this is another coin flip here over under two and a half rounds yeah that definitely is a coin flip if if I was to bet on the over under, I would personally say I would do under. I think under two and a half rounds. Wow. Yeah, I feel like I mean, if Jacare gets him down, I think he could finish it with a submission. Uh, but at the same time, if Holland gets his striking together, you can also finish it uh, with a knockout. I if anything, I'll go with the under. Under two and a half rounds, man. Oh, it's not here yet. It's not. I'm looking through all these prop bets, and it doesn't show that it's there. You can say there's a bet that pops up that says, "Will the fight go the distance?" That's an actual bet. Like this fight will go the distance. It's normally like sometimes it's like a plus 100 or plus 115. With this fight being that it's a coin flip, you'll probably see it in that number as well. I take that one. I think the fight goes the distance. Definitely a possibility, especially when you got 
When you're getting into these... Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Uh, fights that have more, how the stakes are higher, guys tend to be a little bit more safe. So they definitely have the ability. It just depends on how their mindset is, if they're trying to finish it or if they're trying to play it safe and get that decision win. Coming off two losses now, and at age 41, let me ask you this as well. Is Jacques Ray fighting for his UFC career at this fight? Uh, I if mean, loses, Dana has been fight, mentioned. They've been doing a lot of cuts recently. He just cut Yoel Romero. Uh, they <laughs> actually, I don't know if you saw, they asked them about it. They said, uh, what do you, what do you think about the recent cuts? Like in relation to you, he said, and he said, he's like, I'm not in the same situation as Romero. So I don't think he's worried about it. I think he's, uh, I think he, he thinks he's fine. He's not on the cusp of being cut. And I don't think he should be. Uh, I don't know exactly what the extent is of these cuts, how much money the UFC has lost that they're cutting these guys, but I don't think he should be as far as level. Like, he's up there. I don't I don't care if he's 41. He's fighting at a high level. So is Yoel, though. I think maybe, I think the Yoel thing is more if he demands so much money because of his fights. He, I think the Yoel thing name. is, I mean, so he got these title shots. and he, I mean, when you get someone a title shot, you do all this marketing against Izzy, and then he fights the way he does, like with no committal, no like, no sense of urgency or anything. First second like, you see him, he walks and then puts his hands above his head in the middle of the octagon and just stands in a defensive mode, waiting <laughs> for the champion to come after you, like you're the champion. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Like I no. understand you're trying to be a counter striker, but in a title fight, if you got to go in the fight, you don't. You you you're not trying to let the champion come to you. You got to go get him. What was a more disappointing fight to you, that Yoel fight or, or Israel's fight against uh, uh, Paula Costa? Uh, honestly, I mean, they were both pretty bad. Like, the Yoel fight was just bad for longer. The the Paulo fight, Paulo just came out looking flat. I don't know. I think he said he had an injury. I don't Stop know exactly it, what you happened. Don't say that, but bro. Stop it. Yeah, Paolo, he, looked, he did not look like himself. That. Yeah, that was. But there has to be there. I think there had to be something. I think I don't think that fight goes the same way if they fight again. If the, I mean, some people might say no. I don't want to see another Costa versus Izzy, but I'd be down because I I don't think that goes. Uh, I think Costa goes all out. I I'd be Costa down goes all out if they fight. I'd be down for a Costa a Costa rematch. But here's the thing: he doesn't deserve it right away. He's all no, not right away. He he needs three four fight win streak again. You can't get. Yeah, it depends on who he beats, but he needs three four fight win streak for sure. Like. His next fight, if it's not against him, it has to be against Robert Whitaker, you know, or it has to, it has to be against Darren Till, something with a name behind it, because you're not getting that title shot right away, and you have to. And in with his return, being that it's going to be his first fight after that, I'm going to say the embarrassing loss he took against Adesanya, the way he looked in that fight, it would have to be something crazy. Yeah, no, he would have to. Yeah, like you said, at least three or four fights, unless he. Uh, unless he beats, you know, like the uh, number one ranked guy and he really makes a case and he does it impressively because it's not just about beating him. If he dominates like the number one ranked guy and uh, cuts in line, he's going to need to work his way back up because, I mean, if you fight for the belt and you barely lose or, you know, put up a good fight, that's one thing. But when you go in there and just get slaughtered, like you don't deserve a fight for a while. This is how you know the UFC has so many storylines in it. I still feel like it's such an up-and-coming sport still, too, because not a lot of people know it the way that you and I are talking about it right now. We got completely off-base of the Jacare Holland <laughs> fight. So let's just recap it here before we move on to the Mackenzie Dern fight. You have Jacare, Kevin Holland. As of right now, at, at the coin flips, are you waiting or are you automatically leaning Jacare? You're taking it here at minus 115. I honestly, I would even take it at minus 115, but I think it's going to sway towards Holland. Uh, I think Jacques Ray is going to be a slight underdog, so I'm going to wait. But I, I would I would still take it at this minus 115. Over, under, if you just have to choose one, over, under, two and a half rounds, which one are you taking? I'm going to say under. 
I like it. I think it's a coin flip, like the odds say. But if anything, I would say under. Would you bet Jacare wins by knockout, or would you bet Jacare wins by submission? No, uh, I'll, on this one, I would say submission. I think if he finishes the fight, he's gonna take him down. He's gonna wear him down a bit and get him in, get him in a guillotine or something, rear naked choke. So, uh, Jacare by submission is plus two twenty five. Holland yeah, by that... knockout, and this is why you have me also leaning toward. Jacare right here. Check this out. Jacare is a plus 225. A submission specialist, plus 225, right? But you go to Holland, knocking out Jacare is still plus 450. And supposedly Kevin Holland is this amazing striker. But may, is he really? This is his biggest test, and it's a 41-year-old Jacare. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, th- th- I think Jacare is just showing he can take a shot. Yeah. There's that too in, uh, that's factored into that plus 450. I, I just think Jacare fighting Jan Blahovic, the current champ right now, that went five rounds with him too. Five rounds was able to sit on the ground with him, was able to take those body punches, was able to take those headshots. Jan Blahovic has the scariest hands to your, to your face, like one of the scariest hands you could take to your face. So, I, I you I, since we I I went into this going Holland, you've convinced me. Go Jacques Ray. So everyone go Jacques Ray here. I would wait though. At minus 115, I'm waiting until day of because I, I agree with you. I think once they start bringing up the hype train tomorrow or today when you're listening to the show Friday and they start doing the ESPN previews and they start doing that whole YouTube show where they go inside the cage, things are going to lean more and more toward Holland. The day of fight leading into the fight, you probably can get Jacques Ray at like plus 125. Again, that's where your money should be. I think plus one, he can just take the punch. He'll also close the distance, and he'll make sure he can't breathe. Holland's gonna have to. In, Holland's gonna have to show that he's grown from his last fight to this one. He's gonna need to show that he can keep distance, that he can uh, keep the strike, keep the fight on the feet, and show that he is actually this truly elite striker. Because his next fight, if he does win after Jacare, is gonna be something good. You know what I mean? Like, it's gonna be a name. So yeah, and that's that's another thing to consider when you're. When you're talking about a young guy like Kevin Holland, they improve from fight to fight. So the Kevin Holland you saw last fight might not be the Kevin Holland you see this fight, but uh, I still, I'm still i still going to go Jacare, but that's just another thing to consider when you're talking about a young fighter like Kevin Holland. It wouldn't surprise me if, if his next fight, and I believe that they're in the same weight class here at middleweight, his next fight could be Jack Hermanson. If he, Very possible. If he's able to beat Jacare. Hermanson, who's coming off of a loss, that could be... That could be exactly what he's looking at. So throwing that out there. As we move on to the next fight here, right? I, I like this fight mainly just because I like Mackenzie Dern a lot. And I can't even pronounce her opponent's name. Verna Jan Dorba? I want to try that. Jan Dorba? Jan Dorba. Jan Dorba. I believe that's how it is. Verna Jan Dorba. Plus 155 and McKenzie Dern. McKenzie Dern, I think, is something special when she's not fighting any of the champs. <laughs> any of the women champs, I don't care who it is. They are uh, above everyone else except for uh, Zhang. I want to see Zhang Weili fight against Rose Namajunas. That's the only fight that I feel like there's a true contender there. Everyone else, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody close. To, to, yeah, that's to the problem on. with the women's divisions. It's just... The champs are so good, and they're just the challengers are just a step, a couple steps below. And but Mackenzie Dern, I mean, there's levels to it, and you can notice yeah. it right away. Mackenzie Dern is on above, it's on a really good level. She is gonna win this fight at minus one eighty five. Before it gets to minus two hundred, I'm touching that all day. That's a that's a good two hundred dollar bet, for sure. No, I agree. Yeah, whether you're putting a straight better as a part of a parlay, because I mean the only thing her opponent has is. Jiu-jitsu, like her striking game is very subpar from what I've seen. Uh, and Dern's, I'm not going to say Dern has perfect striking, but I mean, it's getting better with each fight, and it's definitely a lot better than her opponent's. And uh, I'm saying her opponent because I don't want to pronounce that name. Uh, but And, of course, on the ground, Dern is as good as anybody. So, John Dero, I feel like their jiu-jitsu kind of cancels out, and Dern just kind of takes the striking. I just think, I think Mackenzie Dern's going to submit her. I, I just feel like she's gonna, she's kind of turning into like a new aged Ronda. Like she just gets someone on the ground. She just looks heavy for the for her weight class at straw weight, you know. And she just 
handles people on the ground. I think she wins this by submission. I think it happens early. I think it happens in the first two rounds. I would go under two and a half rounds on this one, which is plus 115. I don't think it goes the distance. I don't think it goes the third. I think at plus 115, there's money to be made there. Mackenzie Deer takes this to the ground and finishes early. So yeah, I, it's very possible. Even though Jandarova definitely has great ground game, I feel like if Dern kind of stops a couple of takedowns and lands a couple of shots, Jandarova is going to get a little desperate. She's going to shoot for some shots and get caught. She can easily get caught in a choke, uh, or any with Dern, you could literally get caught in any submission. She's a world champion in jiu-jitsu, like multiple gold medals. It's crazy. She's a very high-level competitor. Yeah, I mean, she's sixteen and one. The thing that makes me think Mackenzie Dern's got this, first off, is age. She's 27. John DeRoba's 32. And, I, again, I know I know that they're both going to be weighing in there at, like, 115. There's something about She is just – she is girthy. She just looks like she's too big for that division. And she no, is she's so strong. strong. She is so strong. I think she wins in those first two rounds. I really do. Yeah. I would take that. I think there's money to be made on this fight. This is. I think this is a big money, one of the bigger money winning fights here. At minus one eighty five, tapping McKenzie during there, under two and a half rounds, plus one fifteen. I'm tapping that one as well. I like that one a lot. Yeah, definitely on the same page with you on this one. All right, now we're getting to our main events here, Eric. And again, I want to remind everyone that the, we aren't actually giving you what we're putting our money on quite yet. We're just saying which way our money is leaning at this point. We are recording on a Thursday. You guys are listening here on a Friday. This, these fights will be on Saturday night. So if you want to know what picks we are having, be sure to go to hoop-ball.com and go click on that wager pass. It's only $9.99. You guys can save your money. Don't go out to eat for one day. Don't go out to eat for one day. Instead, go online and go ahead and get one on that wager pass so we can help you guys win more money. And then there will be more stuff for you guys to go out and buy. And, hey, it's Christmas time, so... You know, it's good to add a little bit more money to your bankroll, right? So Pay for a couple gifts. Pay for a couple gifts, exactly. And I think this next fight is a gift. It's a gift to the <laughs> MMA world because I love this fight. This is just for viewing. If there was a fight, if you've never watched the UFC before, ever, and you're like, this is going to be the card because of because of Eric and Vince and Hoop-Ball.com start talking about MMA, this is the one I want to start watching. I would say don't watch any fight until you watch this fight right here. Charles Oliveira. Tony Ferguson, Eric, what are your thoughts? That is crazy. I've been, I mean, I've been waiting for Tony to fight for a while now, so ever since the Gaethje fight, and I don't think there's a better matchup as far as, I mean, whether you're a big MMA fan, whether you're a hardcore MMA fan. I mean, this is a great fight for everybody, you know. Uh, Tony Ferguson, of course, he was on that 12 fight win streak before he took the loss to Justin Gaethje. Uh, his, so this is kind of going to be a matchup of a jiu-jitsu guy in Charles Oliveira and a guy in Tony Ferguson who's a great striker and is also great on the ground in jiu-jitsu wise. Uh, I personally think that Tony Ferguson has the slight edge here just because of the striking game. Charles has come like he's gotten a lot better in striking. When you watch that Kevin Lee fight, uh, he pieced up Kevin Lee and Kevin Lee's not not the best striker, but he's a solid striker. But I feel like Ferguson, the way Ferguson fights, he just, I mean, he doesn't care if he gets hit. You know, he he's he'll take two or three shots so he can land five or six. So he's going to go in there and that's personally, the question though, I, right, though? That? That's the question though, right? Can he still take a punch after what happened to him against Gaethje? Which was, honestly, I, it, it sounds like it was that long ago, but it really wasn't that long ago, right? It was like the very first yeah. fight they did, uh... In this pandemic, right? Wasn't that wasn't that fight like yeah, back I think, in like yeah, that March was, I think or June? Was the or first like card they did. Yeah. So, but I mean, when you look at that fight, Ferguson never went down. I know he got beat up, but he like he, he even the, the, when the ref stopped the fight, he was still standing. So, I personally think he's gonna be fine. Uh, and I don't think Oliver's striking is crisp; it's good, but I don't think he has the power to hurt Ferguson because Ferguson. I mean, obviously, it's a question mark after that Gaethje fight, but I think his chin is going to hold up enough for him to take those two or three shots I mentioned before and come in and just put that pressure and just pepper up uh, Oliveira. And uh, Oliveira might uh, take the first round, uh, but I feel like Tony's going to keep that pressure up and fight at a pace that I feel like only he can at that division and eventually start winning the striking battle. Uh, but if it goes to the ground, I mean, 
Oliveira has the most submissions in UFC history, so he can definitely finish it there. But Ferguson's just a slimy guy. He's not gonna. He's not the type of guy to let you get a hold of him that easy. Like he just slips out like in crazy ways. I just think if I I just don't know how that chin's gonna. I mean, yeah, he cut weight twice. Everyone brings that up for the for the Gaethje fight. He cut weight twice for that card. He just wanted to fight. He was on a twelve fight winning streak before he ever took that L. It's just man, that w- those were some heavy hitting punches from Gaethje. And Gaethje. with the no crowd, you can hear that man. You can it hear is. it from your living room. If you wanted to fight before this this Oliveira fight, look up UFC Fight Pass and go watch it. that <laughs> fight. That fight, man that that put the UFC on notice on why. I think that if that fight didn't happen the way that it did, I don't think the UFC would be as popular through this pandemic as it has been. That's just being per- perfect, personally honest right there, like. That put on a show in that Gaethje fight, but in that fight, Ferguson took a lot of hits to that face. And yeah, like you said, he didn't go down, but and he went out on his feet. But the way he was handling those, at one point, he couldn't really stand. I don't know how he stood on his feet for that long. Because <laughs> he's insane, bro. Like, he's a monster. Tony Ferguson is not a regular human being. That guy is. I don't even know what he is. He's like, he just takes damage, and he he likes it. I feel like he was enjoying it too. Yeah, he was. It's crazy to see, like, the next day in the hospital, he's dancing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's crazy. But Oliveira, I think what gets Oliveira and what's going to make him in this an intriguing matchup is how Ferguson attacks those head kicks that Oliveira likes to throw. Those high head, random, like, he'll look like he's setting up a leg kick, but then jump to a high head kick. Those are going to be crazy. How? And then he's going to ambush him for the takedown. I think Ferguson definitely knows how to gauge distance. What I really don't want to see from Ferguson are those r- ridiculous leg punches <laughs> on his feet that he was giving Gaethje. Those were useless. I, I, I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, punch him in the face, not his thigh. It made absolutely no sense at all. And for those people, and I see this all the time, my buddy, my buddy tells me this all the time, like, oh, Tony Ferguson's a black belt jiu-jitsu. He's a crazy good jiu-jitsu artist. You know, he trains with uh, uh, Joe Rogan's guy all the time. Like, he's so good. And I'm like, yeah, I know he's good, but when's the last time you've seen him go for a takedown in a UFC fight? Yeah, he's not Yeah, he's not usually the one initiating it, but I f- he's comfortable when he gets there. Like he's yeah. not, he's no slouch. And from the bottom, you know, he has those slicing elbows where he just cuts guys up. How uh, how many rounds until you see a spinning elbow? I think ten seconds, maybe. <laughs> throw like <laughs> if you see the high like kick, Masvidal. right? If you see a high kick from Oliveira, do you think he follows it up with a jab, spinning elbow? Is that just the way <laughs> very, it goes in there? Very easily could. I mean, we haven't, and just so you guys know, like, why I'm saying you never seen him take out, we haven't even seen Tony Ferguson submit anybody since he submitted Kevin Lee. And, you know what I mean? Like, it, he doesn't look to submissions. He just knows how to handle himself, especially off of his back. I think he's the scariest off of his back because, like you said, he's so slimy. He's so wiggly. He knows how to make sure you can't touch him. He's constantly moving. His motor never slows down, and that's what puts Tony Ferguson as the favorite, I think, right here at minus 175, plus 145 for Oliveira. I think at minus 175, it's just like Mackenzie Dern. It's an easily, easy tap on that 175. I love Tony Ferguson. I think this is a redemption fight for him. I yeah, like it at I, minus 175. I, I feel like the guys that are going to give Tony the most uh, trouble are guys like Gage who are going to land those big shots. But when you could, when someone's throwing shots that Tony could take and not even blink, he can go through those punches and land his four or five punches that he wants to land. So I personally am going to go with Ferguson. I honestly wouldn't blame anybody for going for Oliveira just because Oliveira is great. I like I love the way he fights. I just like the matchup in this case. I feel like you're going to see like a. This is going to sound weird, but I feel like you're going to see like a dance with these two. Like you're going to see high <laughs> kicks. You're going to see spins. You're going to see leg sweeps. You're going to see. Like you're gonna see a lot in this yeah, fight. Yeah, I want to see some grappling transitions. And I love that they made this five. Didn't they make this five rounds for the co-man, or is it still only three? I think it's three. Oh my goodness! I wish this was a five. Round I fight. Uh, I honestly haven't heard anything about it being five rounds. Yeah, I don't. I think the co- I think you're right. I think the co-mains are still only three rounds, unless it's a title yeah, the, fight. The co-mains, yeah, it's only the when uh, it's a title fight that they make it a five rounder usually. T- title fight or the main event. 
title fighter or main event are only five rounders. You're right. Man, three rounds over under two and a half rounds. Which one are you taking on this one? It's crazy to me that the over is 130. Yeah, the over is at a plus 135. And like most of the fights these guys fight in ends in a finish, which is why I think that over is at a plus 135. But personally, I was looking at a, I was looking at the over, if anything, that plus 135, like, it could easily be finished with, I mean, these guys could finish it in so many ways, but I just think the value is in the over just because Tony could take his shots. I feel like Charles could take Tony's shots, and it's only a three-rounder, so, you know, uh, you know, uh, they're going to be, they're going to be giving it their all, but I personally think it's going to go over. I, I agree. I think at plus one, and you see it at 135, I see it at plus 130, so that means either, like, someone's getting a newer odd or someone's get one of us has a newer odd and now 130 still i take that as well i think it what this fight turns into is i think Oliveira will try to keep it on his feet notice that ferguson has the advantage but ferguson isn't one of those guys that has that like crazy knockout power Oliveira is going to be able to take the punch it's going to come down to a wrestling match and i think it goes to round three i don't think it goes a decision but i definitely think it goes to round three and that's where the money is for sure you take that plus 130 for me as well if you had to bet on if you had to bet on a win here, would you do a win? if you had would you do a Oliveira by submission for three fifty or a Ferguson by submission for five fifty? Damn, I uh, I don't think Ferguson submits him. Uh, I would take Oliveira in that case because I feel like if Oliveira does win, it's most likely by submission. I don't think he wins a decision against Ferguson. Uh, so yeah, I, I would take the three fifty personally. I don't see a scenario where Tony Ferguson submits Charles. Do you think there's a? Do you th- would you go with Ferguson by knockout for plus one eighty? I, I think I just go with the money line personally. Yeah, that minus. I I, th- I think it goes to decision personally. I don't know. You think it goes to decision? I don't know if it goes. To I mean, or I think it's going late. Uh, I think it's going late for sure. I have. So you say, so like you can you can do high level guys. You can do Ferguson by decision for plus three thirty. I might do that. That's not a bad option. Ferguson by decision plus three thirty, or you can do Oliveira by decision plus five hundred. I would probably lean towards that Ferguson, just because I feel like these guys are both high level guys. Like, I don't think they're gonna make the mistakes necessary for a fight to be ended. Mm. They're. Like they they've been finishing guys, but they've most of the guys uh, they've been finishing are guys that are lower level than each other. So I feel like their skill sets are kind of going to cancel out, and it ends up going a decision. But you never know. Um, I think I'm agreeing with you, man. I think plus three. Th- if you already think Ferguson's going to win, I think you do a straight money line bet minus one seventy five. You want another lottery ticket? Plus three thirty Ferguson by decision. Yeah, that is nice. That's a nice. That's a nice one. That's like a good that. lunch money bet. I also like the over on two and a half rounds. I think it goes to round three for sure. I don't even think there's not. A, I mean, there's a doubt in my mind because you can definitely see a knockout, especially since this is combat fighting. But over two and a half rounds seems nice. Oliveira knows how to keep his distance with his feet. Ferguson's shown he can take a punch. And yeah, like I said, I think what's swaying the odds be. there is just the fact that they've been finishing so many of their fights, but they haven't been against top guys. Like they haven't been against guys at the, each other's level. So I think in this case, it goes to the uh, past the two and a half. Yeah, I do too. I think that's where I'm circling that one for sure. That's going to be a big. If you had to give a point spread on that, like which way are you leaning toward, like a two point bet or a three point bet? If you were going to bet on that one. As far as like a unit bet, yeah, a unit bet for the over under, uh, for that under or the over two and a half rounds. I would just, uh, I would probably just do a base one unit bet on that, if anything. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go ahead and move on to the last fight here on this card, and this has been a very fun show. I can't wait to go over next week's card either. The final fight. I mean, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Jeff Neal. I mean that 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 Marlon Marlon Marais comes back. Yeah, those are those. Are, the next card is. Almost as interesting as this one, right? Some crazy fights. Greg, Greg Hardy, Hardy Marcin Tibura. Greg Hardy fight is the biggest. That's gonna be his biggest fight, and I yeah. don't, I don't know if he wins that one. Like I don't. We'll talk about it. it's yeah. a coin flip right now too. Odds have that set at minus one fifteen, and that's in two weeks, December nineteenth. 
another really good fight. That's the final UFC card uh, of the year. So you're going to see a show on that one. And one sure. fight on that fight that is ridiculous is Chaos Williams against Michael Pereira. That's going to be that's as good of a fight as I've seen as Jose? far as on the under not in the main event. What about Jose Aldo, Marlon Vera? I love that fight too. Oh my gosh. Jose Aldo is a ma 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 monster, but Marlon Vera is too. Oh man, December nineteenth is gonna be a good card. Uh, okay, so last last fight, last fight here on UFC two fifty six. One of these guys, they were like four weeks, three weeks apart uh, since their last fight. They were both fighting yeah, on the it was same like three card. Three weeks ago. Yeah, they both fought on the same card. Davison Figueredo retains his belt and is now fighting against Brandon Morano Moreno. Good, interesting fight. I th- I just feel like the odds are just too crazy because Moreno's on a hot streak. He's young. He's feisty. He seems like he's ready. Figueredo just seems like he was born to be a champion. You know, like he he just the way he presents himself. And I love yeah, that's that. That's what it is. I feel I love that Ariel and DC. They give him that props of like he's actually one that saved the division instead of Henry Cejudo because he stays and he <laughs> you know he holds his belt. This is also his fourth title fight of the year. I think that's pretty crazy. Now, and Figueiredo just has that. I don't know. It's it's like an aura. It's something about him that personally it's hard for me to bet against him. Like I know the odds are kind of crazy minus three twenty against the guy like Brandon Moreno who is he's solid man. Like he's got all the tools you need. But Figueroa, I just, I can't, I personally cannot bet against him. The way he's just a scary dude. He's a scary dude. I'm gonna say this. We've 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 mentioned a few lottery tickets out there. Brandon Moreno is my favorite lottery ticket. Yeah. He is my favorite lottery ticket. He is so fast. He is so crafty. If he snatches you. And if he will let you punch him just so he can hit you harder. Moreno is so interesting. And I feel but like you can't let you can't let Figueroa punch you. That's the only thing. Right. He, you can, a, you for, do not want to get hit by small, that guy. For a very like like I mean, look at their what are they, flyweight? I mean they're pretty small here. For a small dude like Figueroa, that dude carries crazy power in those hands. Yeah, have you seen his stance recently? He just he holds that right hand, like basically letting the other guy know, like I'm trying to fire this thing off. Like you just you don't know when it's gonna come, but I'm trying to like knock you out with this right hand. Not even like he has the left hand just outstretched, like not even not even posing a threat with it. He's just holding it out there, throwing some jabs with it. He's letting the other guy know, like I'm trying to knock you out with this right hand. I'll stand by it. As Moreno <laughs> is my favorite lottery ticket, and I'm gonna say this here too. If he wins. If Moreno wins, it's not going to decision. It's one of two ways, head kick or submission. That's the only two ways he's winning. And okay. I love that about this guy. He's At the same time, this fight could be over within two rounds. This fight literally could be over in two rounds. Figueroa could just weigh on him early. Apply the pressure, gets the center of the octagon, and just makes him walk backwards the entire time. And Moreno never escapes that pressure. And Figueroa shows why he deserved all these title shots. Like, the first one, he missed weight. Second time, he's like, doesn't matter if I make weight or not. Then he just defended it in, what, a round one knockout four weeks ago. And now he's doing this fight. Four title fights in a year. Figueroa's going to prove to you why he deserves to be the champion. I love Figueroa. Again, like you said, that aura about him is crazy. I just, I like Brendan Moreno. I love how young he is. I like the way he talks. He just has a personality that fits. He just, I just, I just think he could be a champion, and you could see a very young champion that carries himself well and is still getting better right now he's still getting better yeah i mean when you're talking about becoming a champion especially against a guy like figuero when you look at this guy like he's a scary dude like you have to be able to look past that you have to have that mental strength to just get past that fear and just be like i'm i'm at least as good as this guy and I feel like Moreno has that. He's not worried about... I mean, obviously, he knows Figueroa's as good as he is, but he's not scared, you know? He's not going to go in there apprehensive. He's not going to go in there uh, worried about that right hand. He's just going to go in there and fight. 
uh, he has that uh, uh, Mexican fighting spirit. I feel like he just he's just gonna go in there and throw with him. Like he's not worried. Look what you just that Mexican fighting spirit. That you know what that sounds like? That sounds like a Modelo commercial. <laughs> Let's get this man to become a champion. Twenty seven years old, and I still feel like we haven't seen his full potential yet. This guy no, is crazy. Sure. He hasn't and lost the, a I mean, fight since 2018. There's even a possibility of him losing this one and then getting better and coming back just because he's so young, you know? 27 for MMA, that's that's crazy young. He hasn't lost a fight since 2018. I mean, yeah. this guy is something different. He just knows how to fight. I, this is going to be a great made event. And I, I, in terms of a challenge for Figueredo, since he's became the cha- all four fights this year, this is going to be his toughest fight. On on a short notice, they both fought on November twenty first on UFC two fifty five. They just fought on the last pay per view card four weeks ago. <laughs> now they're back doing both it again, them. and now they're both in the main event, and they're both going for this title. Well, one's retaining it, one's going for it, uh, and I just think, I think Moreno gets it. I think Moreno gets it. I think that will be your champion, and it'll either be by knockout or by submission. This is not going to decision, and that's why it's one of my favorite cards on the fight. Oh my <laughs> goodness. On the, on the card, man. It's it's a great fight. Over or under two and a half rounds here, Eric? I like the over, because uh, I feel like, I mean, Figueredo, of course, has that power. He's been he, he's been finishing fights pretty quick, but I feel like Brandon Moreno gets past that first, uh, the first kind of wave of uh, shots from Figueredo. I feel like he gets past that uh, he tries to keep his distance a little bit and kind of just work his boxing, his kicks. I feel like it goes over the two and a half. What would you rather have, Figueredo by knockout or Figueredo by decision? No, I would. I would not take decision for sure. What are the odds on decision? Plus four hundred for Figueredo by decision, or plus six hundred for Moreno uh, decision. If I'm going decision, I'm going Moreno by decision personally. But because those kicks, huh? Yeah, I just, uh, I just feel like he's more ma- the his fighting style is more made to go those five rounds. Like uh, Figueroa has shown he can go the distance. He's gone three rounds with uh, Alexandra Pantoja, uh, and he won that fight by a unanimous decision. He was looking a little gassed at the end. I'm not gonna lie, but I mean, he looks like one of those guys that he'll get gassed and he'll still knock you out. He'll still fight. Like he doesn't. He, I feel like he's mentally just strong enough to look, uh, forget, just forget that he's tired and just keep on fighting. Hey, who has a better? Who has better? Who has the advantage on the ground? Who's better on the ground, Moreno or Figueroa? I think Figueroa. Yeah. Like Moreno's not a slouch, but Figueroa is just—he's explosive in those like grappling transitions. You saw how quick he locked up that guillotine against uh, Alex Perez. Yeah. He's yeah, he's he's explosive. He has that jujitsu background. Uh, I like I like uh, Figueroa as far as the ground, but I mean Moreno is definitely not a slouch on the ground. And if he can put some damage, I mean it's not a wrestling match or a jujitsu match. You know, if he could piece him up a little bit, then get him to the ground while he's tired and hurt, you know, he's gonna win that ground battle. All right, guys, you heard it here. Eric and I have just ran down the entire betting line for UFC 256. I want to thank you all for listening to this show. Eric, before I let you go, where can the fans find you online? They can find me on Twitter. It is Eric underscore R's, E-R-I-C underscore R's. You guys, go follow him on Twitter. You guys can follow me on all social media platforms of at VM Center. This has been a hoop-ball.com presentation. Be sure to go on our website and get on that wager pass. It's only $9.99. One-time payment, $9.99. And you will see all of our picks day of how much we're betting, how many units that we are betting, and you know, we'll help you guys win some money. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Shout out to mybookie.ag for being a sponsor of this show. And until next time, my sports betting friends, Bye-bye. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.